What's up, bitches? Welcome back to episode number five of Let's Be Cereal. Eating a bagel. Hope that doesn't bother you guys, but I was like, I'll just wait. And I was like, no, my creative juices are flowing. I'm going to eat when I'm hungry. Isn't this what these bitches listen to me for? So nonetheless, let's jump into it. I'm eating a lax bagel for the first time. It's surprisingly really good. I did not think I was going to like it because vegan cream cheese is kind of weird. But you guys don't give a shit about my vegan cream cheese. You guys want to listen to recovery during the holidays. So. Christmas. Hanukkah. Kwanzaa. Any other celebration that takes place during the month of December. It's, there's probably going to be a center around food at these celebrations. Whether it be with your friends or family. I understand the stress that comes behind the anticipation of all of these situations and celebrations. So Christmas, no matter what you celebrate, I celebrate Christmas. So I'm probably going to primarily mention Christmas just because that's what I have my experience with. If you hear me use the word Christmas, I'm referring to all holiday celebrations across all populations and cultures. But Christmas is particularly what I celebrate with my friends and my family. First off, I want to mention recovery is at your own pace. And I remember this time last year, I'd been, what, six months into recovery. And I was feeling a lot of pressure to be recovered by Christmas. And that's just not realistic. Recovery is all about taking baby steps and taking lunges and taking leaps and then having setbacks. You just can't teleport from one place to the other. It's impossible. It's fucking impossible. So it was October and November, and I was like, I need to be recovered by Christmas because if my family sees these eating disorder behaviors, I feel like I'm going to let myself down and I won't be able to truly enjoy it unless I'm fully recovered. That was not correct. Okay. Recovery is at your own pace, and you need to take it one day at a time and think about the big picture always. However, I'm not saying that to bargain with your eating disorder. Your eating disorder is not invited to the fucking celebration, okay? The eating disorder can go rot in a closet. She is not invited to your family Christmas. She is not invited to your family's Hanukkah. She is not invited to any holiday celebration, okay? But you do not have to be fully recovered to enjoy Christmas. I want to premise with that. I enjoyed myself last Christmas and I was nowhere near fully recovered, but I enjoyed it. And I enjoyed it far more than I did the Christmas prior when I was not in recovery. And I know that I will enjoy it even more this year now that I am even deeper into my recovery journey. But you have to tell yourself that recovery is a constant decision. I have to wake up every single morning and say, I'm going to choose recovery today. It is not something that you can be like, Today, I'm going to wake up and choose recovery. And tomorrow, I'm going to wake up and be like, we'll take a day off from recovery. No, it doesn't work like that. Active recovery is a conscious and constant decision to make recovery-based choices every single fucking day. So even like today, for instance, I was making this bagel. And my eating disorder was like, get the tablespoon out. Let's measure the cream cheese so you don't put more than what the serving size is. And I'm like... So what, if I did that, that would be going against my recovery. But if I just start lathering on the cream cheese on this fucking bagel, I'm making a choice for my recovery. 
in 20 years, I don't want to have to be dealing with the same fucking scenario whenever I open the canister of fucking cream cheese. So I lathered the cream cheese on that bitch. You give your eating disorder an inch, it'll take a mile. You have to make those active, conscious decisions every single day. And of course, there's times you're going to screw up throughout the day. But if I wake up one morning and I say, I'm choosing recovery today, and if somewhere throughout the day I make a decision that favors my eating disorder, that doesn't mean that I can just throw out the entire day. There's no all or nothing thinking here. So I know that particularly outside of an eating disorder, holidays are just stressful. You have to get all of the gifts, all of the wrapping, all of these different celebrations, a bunch of family that you probably don't even like that you have to see and whatnot. And the eating disorder is your safe haven. Your eating disorder is telling you, come here, come here, come here. I can help you. You can lean on me because I know you're stressed right now. And I can help you get through the stress. We can make you feel control of everything. Listen to that voice. Hear what it says, but do not do not comply with it. Your eating disorder should be like the fan in your bedroom. It's white noise. I can choose to listen to the white noise in my room. You know, I can feel hear the vent right now in the background, but I'm not sitting here focusing on solely the vent. I could hear it and choose to ignore it. Listen to that voice. And I also want you to fucking respond to that voice. My eating disorder is such a little bitch. And I think once I started to personify the voice in my head, it got really easy to pull it apart from me and my own thinking. Because I think I am a brilliant, intelligent person. I'm way too nice to everyone. If you're wondering, I have a council personality type, according to Meyer Briggs. I'm an ESFJ, I believe. I'm the mom friend. I'm way too nice to everyone. It's very hard to make me angry. And the thoughts in my head are just so nice. And the eating disorder thoughts in my head are so fucking vile and mean and disgusting. It's not rational. You need to identify that voice in your head and set it apart from who you are. You need to listen to what it says, but you are not to comply with what it says. Do not let that voice direct what you do. For instance, I want to give you an example. I'm going to be talking about eating disorder thoughts and behavior. So if that triggers you, please mute me for a second or fast forward a little bit. I was with my boyfriend and he had gotten me cookies. They're my favorite vegan chocolate chip cookies ever. We always go out and get these cookies. They are the best cookies ever. He's not vegan. He doesn't have the allergies, but he said they're the best cookies ever. So do that information you will. They're so fucking good. I'm going to think about them for the rest of the day now. Buddy, we need to go get more cookies. I know you're listening. Okay. So he brought me cookies and he brought them as I was walking out and I was holding the cookie and my eating disorder was like, when you say goodbye to him, just throw it away. You don't have to finish the cookie. You ate half of it in front of him. That's enough. He thinks you'll eat the entire thing. And I can make a decision. I can hear that thing say, I don't give a fuck if he did something really nice for you. I don't give a shit if this bitch went out of his way to pick up these cookies for you. I don't give a fuck if this bitch literally paid $13 for these cookies. You're going to throw it away because I don't care what he does for you. He doesn't care about your health. Throw the cookie out the window. That voice putting down my boyfriend, he is so sweet. He went in the opposite direction of where he was going just to get me these cookies because he knows I love them. And the cookies are expensive. They were way too overpriced, but he got me them nonetheless. 
And I appreciated it so much in my heart. I was like, oh my God, he's best thing since sliced bread. But my eating disorder literally wanted to punch this motherfucker in the face. If that voice in my head was an actual person, oh my God, someone would have to put that bitch in jail ASAP. So listen to the voice. Don't do what it says. Trigger foods. Every single year since I was born, my family has this particular dish that I remember eating when I was a child for dessert every Christmas at my grandpa's house. And we would all eat it together. It was a family recipe. It was something I found very enjoyable. And when I was sick, I didn't eat any of it. I didn't touch it. I don't even think I looked at the motherfucker, to be quite honest with you. And in recovery last year, I was still too afraid. I was still too afraid. And I was afraid of that because I honestly forgot that it was going to be there. I was very focused outside of that. So I wish I had sat down and thought about my trigger foods before so I could prepare myself and honestly expose myself to it before. For instance, this Christmas, I am really excited to have crab. I haven't had crab in a really long time. And my grandpa always has crab as our shellfish because Italians usually have fish for Christmas and New Year. So I'm really excited to have the crab. And my eating disorder is very scared of the crab and the butter that we serve with the crab. And I'm planning on exposing myself a little bit to it beforehand. I'll go to the store and get some crab meat, eat it little by little throughout the day. Or I will just sit here and think about the crab. And I know that's treading a dangerous territory, though, because that might freak you out and then make you even more scared to do it. Or you can direct it the other way. I'm really excited to join on this with my family. Change the direction. Focus on these trigger foods in a different way. I'm excited to eat this crab and the butter and everything else that goes with it because it's going to be a family celebration. It's going to bring me back to my childhood. We're all going to be doing it together and see who can crack the shells fastest. We're going to laugh as the crab meat fucking flies all over the place and have a good time. I'm going to make these memories with my cousin that I've been sitting on the sideline for for two years now. If I prepare myself that way, I'm going to be much more excited and open to trying the crab on Christmas, right? Go through your list in your head of everything you love about Christmas, but do not list anything that has to do with food, okay? I'll do it right here. Sure, there's a lot of food that I look forward to on the holidays, and I did since I was younger. But I really love this tradition that my family has that on Christmas, my grandpa reads us the night before Christmas, and the grandparents coming over the day of after we open presents and eating this specific casserole my mom has made every single year that I can remember. And I really love the Christmas tradition of going to midnight mass on Christmas Eve. And those are things that really help shape our family traditions and they make me look forward to Christmas. But outside of that, there's obviously food. It's a food-centric holiday at times and you have to look beyond that. If you keep a positive fucking mind about this shit, it'll be much easier. Have a safe buddy through all of it. Someone that you can either text or go to at the celebration and say, I'm really triggered about this and this is why and they can listen. And they say, hi, I understand. And you know that they'll respond that way. And they're not going to say something that will trigger you even more. Someone that is a safe place for you. 
And regardless of whether or not it is texting that person or talking with that person, if you don't have anyone, literally fucking DM me. My DMs will be open all day, bitches. And here's a tip. If you want a, an answer from me really bad, DM my personal Instagram first because no one really DMs me on there. But my recovery Instagram is like, whew, flooded. And sometimes it's really hard to go through all of them and catch them. But have that safe buddy. Have that person to talk through things. And expect that they might not be able to give you a solution or the perfect words to soothe you. But understand that they are listening to you. And there's someone there that will even try to understand. And even saying like, okay, I'm really nervous to eat this dish for Christmas. Can you please help me scoop it on my plate and talk me through it while we eat it together? Can you plan on sitting down with me after the meal and talk about things, what I enjoyed, what I didn't enjoy, and help me soothe that so I can continue to enjoy the holiday? So have a safe buddy. Understand that there will be stigma throughout the holiday celebration. My first Christmas last year was the first time a lot of family had seen me since starting recovery. And one of my uncles, very old school, he's almost like 80 years old. He said, oh, look at you. You look great. Normal again. And that was something really hard at the time, especially being so early in recovery and hearing those words. And it broke me down and it made me even more anxious throughout the day. But then realizing he doesn't understand what I've been through. If he knew the severity and the dark places I've been to, he wouldn't say that. And my eating disorder really wanted to villainize him for a long time afterwards. And you just have to come to the consensus that People don't understand. They're not going to understand unless they have had an eating disorder. And honestly, I wouldn't wish that on anyone. I have a lot of people that have not been very nice to me in my life, and I still would never wish an eating disorder on my worst enemy. It is a terrible place that not everyone survives. And I know that it's very hard to understand from an outside because before I had an eating disorder, I'm like, why don't these bitches just eat? I don't fucking get it. Why would they want to look like that? But until you have an eating disorder, you don't understand what it's like, truly. So you need to tell yourself that beforehand. I don't really want to encourage you to wear baggy clothes to hide yourself. Wear whatever you're confident in. If that's what you're confident in, sure. If you want to wear a bodycon dress, great. There's no rule of what to wear. But just keep the stigmas in mind. Everyone's like, people with eating disorders don't eat. Fuck, bitch. When I was in active eating disorder, I ate three meals a day and my three fucking snacks a day. So don't fucking tell me that, bitches. Anyway, they probably expect you to have these fears around food. So don't try and play a role for them just because it might be expected for them. Because you just have to understand that they don't understand. And honestly, you sh we should all be grateful that they don't understand. I have one cousin. She is seven years older than me. She's my bestest friend. I love her to death. We became such close cousins when I became sick because like 10 years ago, she was struggling with an eating disorder and she's in recovery. She was my safe buddy last year. She was the one that was talking me through things. And um, I remember I was sitting there crying about the oil and something. And she was like, Bella, like, let's remember all of the great things that oil does. Oil is going to help your cognitive function. It's going to help you get your period back. 
going to do this. It's going to do that. And she literally made me feel so much better, especially after my uncle made that comment. She heard it and just darted with me. She was like, let's talk about it. She made sure I didn't spiral into something deeper. So if you do have someone like that in your life, I encourage you to open up. But not everyone opens up about their eating disorder recovery or that they even had an eating disorder. It's one of those things that if, if you're fortunate enough to have someone that has been in recovery help you alongside, take advantage of that. Well, my eating disorder kind of started was around Christmas. So this is kind of hard time of year for me in that sense, because I remember that train of thought from three years ago when it all started to go. So you have to understand that, yeah, you might clam up and you might not be the baddest bitch you thought you were going to be. I don't give a shit if you have these bad days where your eating disorder is, you know, behind the wheel. Literally hijack the car back and get that motherfucker out of the driver's seat. You are driving this car. You are not your eating disorder's bitch. Your eating disorder is your bitch, okay? I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, it's going to be wonderful. No, it might fucking suck. It might fucking suck. But I'm also being realistic. I'm not encouraging you by any means to go hang out with your eating disorder for the holidays. That would so fucking pathetic. You really want to sit with that bitch instead of all of your family? My eating disorder. I fucking hate this bitch. Oh my gosh, she's so rude. She's literally, ugh, I hate her. Would I rather hang out with her alone during the holidays and, you know, go isolate myself in the corner of my grandpa's house and cry about what I ate? Or am I going to go sit and hang out with my grandpa? My grandpa's 80 years old. He is a great man. Freaking love that dude. In the grand scheme of things, he doesn't live forever. I wish he did. That would be a fucking party in the USA, but he's not going to. That's unrealistic to expect. So I can either make memories with him or I can make memories with my eating disorder. Which one would I choose? Which one would I choose? If you answered your eating disorder, you're fucking lying. You would much rather sit with your grandpa. You would much rather sit with your grandma, your aunt, your mom, your dad, your sister, your dog, your pet fucking goldfish. I don't give a fuck what it is. Anything other than your eating disorder. I honestly would rather sit with a motherfucking brick. A fucking brick before my eating disorder. Stick to yourself and push as hard as you fucking can because I promise you, you will never regret that. You will never, ever, ever regret making a choice for your recovery. Your eating disorder will regret it, but you will never regret a step taken in recovery. Your eating disorder definitely will. Your eating disorder will make you try to regret it, but you won't if you don't listen to that fucking voice in your head. You're choosing life, you're choosing memories, you're choosing your family, your friends, your freedom. You're choosing a future for yourself. And honestly, listen to this fucking podcast before your family celebration. I'll fucking hype you up all you want. That's what I'm here for, bitches. Next question. That was a lot. Wow, I'm at 26 minutes. Ooh, that's my lucky number. I have it tattooed on me, but that's neither here nor there. Who has gone through a second weight gain in recovery? Me. I have. I... If you are triggered by weight, I would sit this convo out, but I'm not going to mention any numbers. I would never fucking do that to you guys. I was weight restored in January and I had been at this like plateau in terms of weight from January all the way to August. I got my period back in August and it was the best thing that ever happened to me. But I noticed that after I got my period back, my body did begin to change. I did put on weight. 
but it was like in very particular places and i and i've done my research i don't know if you guys know this um i know it sounds like i have the iq of a banana but i do a lot of research for my school and i've published a couple things here and there so i'm very invested in research for eating disorders and research has found that when you recover from hypothalamic amenorrhea which is the loss of your period you do begin to produce these certain hormones when your menstrual cycle starts up and you will begin to put on fat in different places and it's essential fat it's fat to continue having a menstrual cycle and to continue having a reproductive system work getting my period back was fucking incredible but it did make my body change and am i remorseful that i got my period back absolutely the fuck not no i'm so happy i noticed that i did start to have the quote-unquote pooch at the bottom of my stomach on top of my uterus and at first i hated it but now that i'm going through the weeks and the months and my pooch is still there i'm fucking happy i have a pooch you can look at any other fucking woman on the face of this earth no matter their size they will have the fucking pooch and if they don't it's probably because they have not yet had their period or they don't have their period it has some form of pooch and it's going to become inflamed or bloated when you're on different parts of your cycle and it's completely normal on top of that my boobs tripled in size i'm not even fucking kidding like my bras from before my period i can fit two of those cups around one of my tits now it's incredible i love my boobs i look like a sexy mofo when i put on a bra now i look like a woman and not like someone put a bra on a two by four it's brilliant i love it my ass also got a lot juicier i sing anaconda still all the fucking time boy toy named troy used to live on detroit big dopes in the money he was getting some coins say the entire thing for you one time i did it to my boyfriend drunk and it was like the third time we hung out and he continued to hang out with me afterwards. So I guess that says a lot about him. But anyway, wow, I got sidetracked. My second weight gain, and it was something where I didn't really change anything in my diet. The only really thing is that it was after my 21st birthday as well. So I started to drink, not like excessively though, just when I would go out really. I would have like a drink or two or three, just depending on the day and who I was with and where I was going. That's pretty much it. It was just something that my body was in control of. My body was like, now that she has a period, she can have a baby. Obviously, I don't want to right now, but she can have a baby. So we got to protect her uterus so the baby can be there. We got to put some extra weight on the back of her hamstrings to support her and make her boobs bigger so she can breastfeed and blah, 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 blah. And I hear my eating disorder in the background say, this is why you shouldn't have gained weight. This is why you shouldn't have gotten your period back. But no, it's a beautiful thing. I'm connected with my body. My body's in sync with itself. And if I have my period right now, I'm healthy in terms of my reproductive health. And that's a wonderful thing and something to be proud of. Getting my period back was the best day of my life and always will be. I kind of had a second weight gain because my body plateaued and then it was holding on to this weight and it was like, okay, we don't want to put on more weight because we need to use this energy to keep her alive because she might just start becoming malnourished again. Your body doesn't trust you. But when your body begins to trust you and have that reproductive cycle, put on the extra weight, put on the second weight gain. It's because your body's trusting you. It's because your body wants to keep you safe. You have to keep it that in mind. Your body isn't doing it out of spite. Your body isn't doing it because 
it thinks it's fun. No, your body's doing it to protect you. Honestly, when you try and change your mindset to that and honestly enforce it because eventually the force will become natural. And thinking about it that way, it's such a beautiful thing because my body is protecting me. It literally wants the best for me. Who gives a fuck what it looks like? It's doing its best and it's doing a grand fucking job for it. Also, I do want to say that I did post a poll on this. It said, did you go through a second weight gain period? And 82% of my followers said, yeah, fuck you. 18% said, nah, fuck you. I always put mean things on it because I think it's really funny. I'm like, people in this community, let's just make it fun. Like, this is, and like, everyone's like making private stories for their recovery account. Like, this is my private story. My private story with nearly 900 people. I don't give a fuck. Identity and recovery. My follower Shanice asked about self-identity and recover and new identity due to recovery. Shanice always asks me questions. She asks good questions too. So identity and recovery. Before my eating disorder, I was a control freak. I was boisterous. I was loud. I was obnoxious. I was extremely generous. I was, I think I was nice for the most part. I was very sporadic. I was very energetic. And then my eating disorder made me heartless, a bitch. And not a good way either. I was a fucking heartless bitch. You could have told me that your grandpa died and you just broke your leg and your house burned down within 12 minutes. And I would have been like, that fucking sucks. Fuck you. I literally didn't care. I had zero empathy. I was just self-centered, narcissistic asshole that only listened to their eating disorder. I don't give a fuck what anyone said to me, positive or negative. And whoever they were, I didn't give a fuck. All I cared about was my eating disorder. I was so manipulative and I lied so much. And I'm a really bad liar. I was a bad liar before eating disorder. And I think I'm a bad liar again now. But my eating disorder made me class A liar. I was the perfect villain for any type of like fictional storyline. I said the meanest things in recovery that I can't even think about saying to a human being. And they would just come out without even me thinking it. The things I would say to my boyfriend at the time, my sisters, I like told them, my mom some of the most sad things i've made that bitch cry like almost every day but then when i started to recover and those thoughts and those behaviors started to fade away i was left with a blank slate who am i what are my values what is my life actually centered around you're not a fucking sin you can't sit there and pick your different traits and aspirations and life goals all at one time you cannot create your new identity and reinvent yourself in the matter of seconds or over even the span of a week. It takes time to reinvent yourself and find your new identity. And I cannot guarantee that you will go back to the person you were before. If anything, I think you're going to be a far different person than you were before your eating disorder. I think I am so different than pre-eating disorder, Bella. I think I'm much more mature. And I'm much more empathetic. And I think I was very empathetic beforehand. But I'm not as generous as I used to be. I'm not as selfless as I used to be. I'm more selfish, honestly. And that's not a bad thing. I take time for myself. And I've learned how to put myself before others. And that's something that recovery taught me to do. I can say no to people. I still say yes a lot of times, but I can say no. And that's something new about my identity. I think I'm way funnier than I was pre-eating disorder and definitely when I was in my eating disorder. I've understood the value 
within inner peace for sure. And if I don't have inner peace, I can't really make room for anything else in my life. Inner peace comes first. I've also valued my family a lot more than I used to. And an eating disorder will weed out those friends in your life because you're going to be an asshole to them when you're sick. You're going to be an absolute bitch. You're going to be cynical and heartless. And I can guarantee that probably 90% of your friends will probably leave. It'll weed out the people that you can't rely on because when you do go to people and you say, I need help, not everyone's going to be there to help you. Maybe because you've treated them like shit and it's because it's your fault. But people that actually know you and want to get down to the bottom and pull you out of this dark, they will help you no matter how much of a bitch you are. And I learned that for sure. My eating disorder and my recovery taught me that I have a lot more stamina than I knew I even had. I work very hard. I do. And another thing is I'm in love with research. I used to hate scientific research, reading journal articles, things like that. I've published a couple things in APA now. I do a lot of my own research for school. Granted, it's elementary level, but I still do a lot of research. I fucking love it. I love reading and learning. And I think that's also because it has to pertain to eating disorders. But that's what my entire thesis for school has been and it's something I'm passionate about and that passion drives me to work really hard in school and go the extra mile. I was class social butterfly for my senior mock elections. Yes it was me class social butterfly but now I'm much more introverted. I also think that like granted I'm a fucking lunatic on the internet but in person I'm not that outgoing. I'm introverted with strangers but when you get to know me you know and I'm comfortable around you I don't shut the fuck up I avoid everyone I don't like being approached I don't like being talked to but when they do I'm always friendly I'm always great with talking to people I love fucking talking to people I could talk to four fucking walls all day if I wanted to but that initial approach I also have been told I have a resting bitch face I can see it I'm much more introverted but I'm still extroverted just less and I think I'm more mature I think my eating disorder forced me to grow up and I'm 21 years old and I think I'm far more mature than others that are my age and I think a lot of that has to do with the terror an eating disorder puts you through an eating disorder will fucking rip you inside out and show you just how cruel the world can be and how lonesome it can feel and dark and dreary and hopeless and it forces you to think deeply at times wow that's so philosophical wow okay but I think an eating disorder makes you mature I developed my eating disorder when I was going into my coming of age per se I was fresh out of high school I was getting ready to start my college experience and have fun and making those lifelong friends but boom COVID have no friends, locked in the house for a year. And then I get an eating disorder and then I have no friends. And then when I do have the chance to make friends, I'm not making friends. And recovery can be very lonely. It can make you feel like you're the only one that understands and you're the only one on your team. I've been there. I'm here to also tell you that despite feeling lonely, it's still doable. It's still manageable. It's fucking hard, but it's possible. And you can convince yourself that you're very lonely, but there's always going to be someone. Always there's going to be fucking someone. I do think that that 
forced me to think very independently for myself. I survived something really fucking terrible. Someone dies every 52 minutes from the disease that I am walking all over right now. I'm doing great in recovery. Fuck that bitch. But not everyone can say that. I don't want to be a statistic. I want to have a future. And I think just looking forward to the future is something that made my mentality mature. So I think that's finding your new identity. And I, I mean, there's no step-by-step guide I can really offer you to find your new identity, but reflect on where you've been. Reflect on who you used to be when you were sick and before you were sick and reflect on how that has changed. And you don't have to label yourself of anything by any means. Like, I, I can say it because I think I've pondered and meditated on that a lot. I think for the most part, I'm a very patient, loving person. Sitting down with yourself and being honest, I have a lot of strengths. I'm very kind. I'm a great listener. I'm very empathetic. I talk to people really well. I'm super generous. I'm always thinking about others. I'm really fucking smart. I am selfless at times. And I, when I am passionate about something, you cannot fucking stop me. But I do have my weaknesses. I, I'm not very detail-oriented at times. I talk way too much sometimes. I don't always manage my time well. I get bored really easily. I don't have that much of an attention span. I am terrible at saving money. But beyond that, I, I can appreciate all of my weaknesses just as much as my strengths because they make me who I am today. Those strengths are what have brought me from where I was two years ago when I was very sick to where I am now. I will take on the weaknesses alongside those strengths any day rather being that heartless bitch that I used to be. So that's all I have for you guys today. This is going to be pretty long of an episode. I'm so excited, but I hope you guys enjoyed it. And I think next week I'm going to talk about some of the research that I've done in my classes behind body dysmorphia which is a little geeky, but I'm kind of excited and I love to talk about it. And I think it's really interesting. It helped my eating disorder a lot. So let me know if you what you think about that. Okay. My Instagram is Isabella Scacia, S-C-A-C-C-I-A. And my recovery Instagram is Bella Love Cereal with an extra L on the end. TikTok is Bella Love Cereal. And contact me, DM me, whatever you fucking want. And I will talk to you sexy bitches later. Bye.